You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new centerfire rifle ammunition, Terminal Ascent. Now, the Terminal Ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The Terminal Ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet and it comes in a variety of cartridges including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06 and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com and while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Yeah, she's just back there. See there, well, there's right a here. pond right there, and that's one oh, of the reasons why we why. have mosquito problems right here. But that's it. So when we jump into this podcast, you got to tell the story of the trail camera survey, if you will. I say survey very loosely, but just talk about the last few days. Oh, of, yeah, of the trail cameras. Yeah, that that leads in really well to the podcast of man, what what we're seeing. So I guess it was it was Wednesday of this past week. So so five days ago, um, got a daylight picture of one of the deer that was there during summer on the 160 that we've talked about. Um, 610 in the in the evening, got two pictures of him. And truthfully, I hadn't got a picture of that deer. Since August or si- early September? Without velvet, since September. Yep. Early, or like really early September. Yep. That was it. So it had been a long, long time. Hadn't yep. really hunted that place, but like three times along the fringes, just kind of stayed out, but got pictures Wednesday. Thursday, no pictures. Friday, got pictures of that deer again and a 10-pointer that was there during the summer, too. I had gotten pictures of that 10-pointer like once during October. But now it's like, okay, now there's two during daylight that are moving. One was at like 4 in the afternoon. The other was again at 6 o'clock. It was like, whoa, okay. Things are starting to change a little bit. Saturday, hunted. Got pictures that night, or I guess that morning, of additional daylight pictures, and then did not choose to hunt. This morning. This morning, right? Went to church, and noon or so, there's pictures. Is that what time? Well, yeah, what it's, time it's about it? noon. I thought he was there at 830, but the well, cameras. Well, yeah. I, I, got the, I got the email, the cutting link email at noon, right, and he yeah. was there at 830. So the same exact food plot. 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and and we'll we'll go back to that story of kind of the hunt, what we saw, and then like why we chose to hunt that, and when what you we say didn't. We, well, no, okay. I say say we, but like just just self filmed it, but like 
what the thought process was of going to that stand versus other ones. So like making that judgment call of should I hunt stand A or stand B? Stand B is more aggressive. You know, he was at stand he was at camera B, but A is probably a little bit safer. When, when do I make that decision to go in? But right, so hunted stand A. Yeah. Twenty four hours later, he was there daylight, mm-hmm. and and I talked to Chad earlier. And he was like, yeah, man, that, he, he was right there in that food plot. I said, yeah, you wouldn't know it from the camera location or the camera view, but that would have been a 15-yard broadside oh, shot snap. right there. <laughs> so it's like, oh, he would have been right there in the wheelhouse. Mm. But that, that brings us really to October 25th. That's today's date. Like, it's still just yep. October 25th. But, my goodness, it is fantastic to see – that knob of pre-rut daylight activity, mature bucks doing what they're doing, just starting to dial up and crank. And that leads us into the podcast of, so what does all that mean? Besides, Hey, it's getting to be November. Let's hunt. Like how do you discern what you're seeing from cameras in the field observations, hunting observations to stand selections, weather, interpreting all that. What do you do as a hunter? Because, how many like articles, podcasts, videos are out there right now that someone could digest and just confuse themselves with, with all this information, yeah. moon, weather, all these things. Like, my gosh, I would get confused if I'm new or whatever. If I, if I wanted to try and apply all these different things I hear. Oh. It's just like, so this, this I podcast. I can tell you what, like simplified what it version. would look like if somebody tried to apply everything that, that they saw or read or heard um I, I can think of a few farms that i've toured where it's like every food plot's got this that, that uh-huh. thing and trying to attract a deer yeah. oh. that bait substance that t- style of mock scrape that mm-hmm. water hole that type of food plot blend that type of food plot blend that technique this technique that type of screening yep and and before you know it, you have a whole cluster of just randomness and and then and then and, there's also none of it's native <laughs> yeah that and then there's so much still um indecisiveness of all the other outside let's say environmental factors of and i'm air quoting moon and 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 you know weather wind and this and that and so you're you're still so confused that you sit at home because you can't make a decision of where to even hunt so you're yeah. like what do i even do like yeah and that should our, not be the struggle, know, right? That's our podcast. That's our platform. That's our, and I hate that word platform, but yeah. that's kind of our. That's what uh, we want to help solve. What we've done as in a business is going, okay, you know, you can listen and show and read and watch and do all the other stuff that people do. But sure. ours comes down to practical stuff that we've used um, and have been successful with. And don't cost a ton of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And don't lead you down the road of brokenness and, and <laughs> lostness in a tree and loneliness and yeah despair yeah, yeah. and so uh that's that and it's worked really well for us i mean it kind of comes down to yeah you know, I, I thought of this the other day thought about this a lot this this fall actually um as a as a kid we'll get back on track but we're gonna we gotta talk about this because um as a young man uh, you know, 10, watching hunting videos all the way to now. But you take that starting, really get into it, yeah. 10, 12, yeah. to 22. You know, the the dream was always, I want to hunt for a living, or I want to get paid to hunt. I want to sure. have sponsors. I want to do all that. And then as you start to watch those, just like, ah, you know, you hear the noise. Um, you hear the people making the comments. That's not relatable. Set on a food plot in a blind, that's not relatable. That's not what all of us do. Hunt public ground, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, uh, there's some people doing some amazing stuff, and there's a lot of shows of people that I really like. And I mentioned not too long ago I love watching YouTube videos now. Oh, yeah. Um, but I laugh because it's like, what is, what is quote, relatable? Um, what What is it that makes it relatable? Because – I think if you if you pull social media now, a lot of people would probably say relatable is hunting public ground and not getting to hunt managed private ground. Yeah, um, yeah, I would say that's what most people would. That's would the fad say. right now. That's the trend. Everybody's yeah. wanting to hunt public <coughs> ground and, and do that, which is great. Sure. Um, 
But then I go, okay, well, we then are not in the relatable bunch, but there's still a lot of people that hunt private ground. But the question is, what is relatable? Because here I am, a father of two, and I get a lot of questions from guys or people have asked, how's the hunting? And I'm like, well, I've been <laughs> I've been a handful of times Yeah, because I have small kids. And yeah. they're like, yeah, I'm right there with you. I got I got birthday parties this weekend. I'm like, all right, maybe that's the that's if, the relatable if, factor. If we want right? to go to the relatable factor of the relatable show, yeah. give me the guy who's got four days yeah. and two months, to and, try and he make has it work. to pick those days. And it's not a full day; it's a half a day. Absolutely, it's a, it's a morning hunt or an afternoon. Absolutely. Hunt. You can't have both. Baby's got to eat at night. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, maybe that's the relatable show we're all missing. Yeah, yeah. Because hunting public ground is is awesome. But if you're hunting it constantly, it's not. If you have all the time in the world, that's once again not relatable. So the guy that's yeah. hunting once a week, maybe he's the relatable one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's <laughs> I the feel truth. like that guy right well, now. I, someone someone was texting me a group text the other day or something. And I was like, yeah. So you know what what's happening out there? You getting on big deer? I'm like, uh. We're just I, happy I, to be in the tree right yeah, now. Yeah. I, I, well, I, one of the one said <clears throat> I had, and I was just like, I don't care. I'm going to the tree stand just yep. to clear my mind. Yeah. But before, literally before Wednesday, yep. on the property that I was, I was hunting, there was not a picture of a mature deer daylight for since like September one yep. ish. Yeah. And, and, and I'm that's like, why you haven't got aggressive with it. I, one haven't got aggressive, but then two September was busy as heck, and then October. There's been several trips, and I, not that I don't like hunting October. If it's the right time to hunt October, sure, but like, haven't felt the urge, haven't felt the need, and haven't so it's seen like seen the need. On yeah, camera. yeah. So it's like yeah. waiting, waiting. Um, but truthfully, to answer that text, I was like, haven't haven't been all that much, and there hasn't really been a need. But now yeah. it's starting to get right, and now now I I am sitting here thinking, wow, okay, this week. What are the days that I am going to be able to go? What is that going to look like? Because now is the time to put in time. Yeah. And it's starting this to week. look. Like, this week. Like yeah. when you're listening to this podcast, yeah, from this week for the next two and a half, three weeks, it's it's game on. I yeah. mean, it's it. this is this is it. And we've had some fantastic weather, I think, for, for October. Um, there's been some warm spells. Call the sitter, honey. <laughs> yeah. There's been some warm spells, but like, you know, hey. Oh, I do... Don't let me forget. I do need to give some <laughs> quick tips. Go on. Oh, the honeydews. I'm going to remind some guys because th- most of our audience are are married guys. Yeah. Uh, we don't carry the young crowd a whole lot. Now, yeah. if you're out there and you are in that crowd, Let thanks for listening. Absolutely. Um, but we do have a pile of guys who aren't even on social media that listen to this mm-hmm. podcast that are that are married with kids, business owners, all yep. that stuff. Yep. Stuff busy, career driven. Yep. yep. Time is very limited. And so right, we right get there this with question. <laughs> we get this question from those guys. And I had this just a few weeks ago, a guy wrote, Okay, I know you you probably have to address it on you if you guys are family family uh, oriented and, and big on family values. What's the secret to getting to go a lot when you're married with kids? And the secret is you don't. <laughs> Except <laughs> accept it. But but this I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but here's a reminder for you guys. It is October. This will drop on the 27th. 27th, yeah. So, you have a few days to do this before November. So, don't look at it as your chance to, and this has been a long struggle for me. I'm not a very smart man, but I did start to realize this just this year because I haven't had this issue until this year. If you look at the time before and the time after the hunt, that's not preparing time, and that's not post-hunt post recovery. debrief recovery. <laughs> it's prepare the house to get to go, and then when you get home, it's catch back up on the time that yeah. was away. So clean the toilets, take the trash out, scrub the mirrors, scrub the tubs, sweep the floors, vacuum, do all that stuff. And then you'll quickly find that leaving isn't near as confrontational 
as it was when you didn't used to do it. So do That's all that stuff. Try to accurate. hammer away. Show your wife that you're caring because you're trying to do all this stuff, and then go. And you won't feel near as guilty sitting in the tree stand and either. Like, just I don't have the I don't have the, the kids factor into it, but like you're still married. Just, you still got absolutely. I know there's someone else out there that just said Amen, Amen. amen. <laughs> so so with that, it's like. Even even the times like I'm not spent like always looking at the weather and always looking at these trail camera images like yeah. what's like it's like if you're home be home and like yep. be present and my wife's schedule work schedule has changed mm-hmm. drastically in the last month and in the last month for us at home and the time it's been amazing it's been awesome but it's like now there's so much more like time to be able to spend with another. So when I'd say, "Hey, I'd like to go. This is this is kind of timing weather. We ain't got, got nothing, nothing going on that's important." It's not a. Bah. It's like what well, she told me today. Literally, and this was words out of her mouth. She may have been sarcastic, but she said, "Well, I hope you kill him. You better go get him soon." I'm like, yeah. "Dad, come right. I love you." Yeah, <laughs> <a> stone. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging said, above your office wall. Let me go get that podcast gear, and I'm gonna I'm gonna record that thought. Yeah. I'm gonna record that and listen to it daily. Yeah. But um. Well, I I give another tip too because the, the 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 cell cam game has. Oh. It's like immediately when when you get that email. You want to check like, it? You check out. I'm gonna I'm gonna check them. Don't don't do that. Yep. Um. What I've started to do is try to save them. You know, when I get up in the morning with with my oldest daughter yep. and I'm cooking her breakfast and we get her and I get her all lined out and she's in her high chair and then I start to eat. That's when you start I'll look at because it it's multitasking. And then I'll, and then it's like, yeah. Okay, delete, delete, delete. All right, I'm do, I'm good. And then the other one is bathroom time. When you yeah. when they go to the bathroom even now and I'm not even ashamed to say this. I got I got daughters and so yeah. I have to learn to Guys can't aim worth a darn. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'll sit down, pee, and look at my pictures. Yeah. yeah. I will make use of this time of peace and quiet, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no and matter so where I'm at. I try to find times to look at them, and and, yeah. and then once you see it, try to save that time and don't start, don't go to the map and start, start scheduling. strategizing. You're, gonna just, yeah. you're just playing with fire, man. Yeah, yeah. And maybe maybe there's people who are, you know, they don't have to worry with that, but. But Give there definitely, time. there definitely is a is is a balance, and I'm I don't have it figured out. But you know, just just in life, and then through seasons, it's it's evolving into a. Okay, I'm learning, figuring I'm, all I, this I, stuff I'm out. I'm learning, and I'm and I'm like I'm trying to get my PhD in a in a over in, in a night class yeah. in one semester. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, hey, you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. yeah, there's we're still we're married. You've yeah. got kids. We're running a business like a week and a half ago. I was in Florida for four days. Yeah, like and when I got back, there's a big plan to write, and it's yep. like there's still life to continue on. So, you know, yeah, we we love to hunt, but oh, we're going man. to pick the days that uh, we're hunting very selectively. Absolutely, and, and, and I think anybody you can hear people talk about it, like older gentlemen that now have kids in high school or in college or out and they're married is like, yeah, I remember when I had young kids and I didn't get to hunt as much. Yeah. That's what I'm living in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of us are. And, you know, it, it kind of comes down to, you know, you don't get, when you look at a week calendar, okay, there's seven days here. I'm going to take, oh, you've got a cold front. I'm going to hunt these four days. I'm going to hunt the whole cold front. Ah, wrong. I'm yeah. going to hunt one morning here and an afternoon there. Maybe. Yep. And as November 5th gets here, then I'm going to be like, please, honey, give me two, maybe three days a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm still going to pick the very best days. No, the days, cherry pick them. And, I, and I'm getting now to where I'll look at barometric pressure, yeah. and I'll look at temperatures, I'll and I'll look temperature at temperature swings. trends. Yeah. And it's like, okay, there's a small dip. Oh, oh there's a 20-degree change, and the pressure's high. So that's the day I'm going. Oh, yeah. Yep. I can I can forego and really, from a, from a time standpoint – become very efficient with the hunting like I, I regardless like if i don't see something i still have fun right mm-hmm. but like if i'm if i'm trying to maximize the time yeah i'm going to pick out those days that are best weather wise and movement wise and say my chances are always best here yeah, something could happen on a poor day right but really come on is it going to chances are slim so let me just make use of my time wisely 
and cherry pick the best ones and set out the others, get my work done, be a husband, and go and on with another life. Another thing I'm trying to trying to get myself doing is spend more time meditating <coughs> in, in the tree stand, oh, yeah. trying to read scripture, because I feel like if I can read more scripture in a tree stand, God's going to figure out a way to get me there more, you know? <laughs> like if I get more in depth, like yeah. that's some of my best time, then then uh, I told it's, a, it's even more rewarding just coming home because I'm like, I've completely recharged. I, I had this discussion with my wife yesterday. Um, like I texted her because like 100 in the morning and I had to go show a farm in the afternoon. Didn't get to go that afternoon. Um, but was like, I just texted her. I was like, dude, you're not like, I'm having a fantastic day. I got yeah. up. She asked me what time to get up to leave. So oh. we both got up at like 445 to go to the three hours right? of sleep. So on, on the drive down, it was dark outside. No one else is up. So, like, the phone's not blowing up with text and distractions and this and that. And, like, just the drive there was yep. such a, like, I, I it's going to sound cheesy, but it was the truth. Like, I prayed for, like, an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Like, just, like, peace, <clears throat> calm, like, all the way there, no distractions. Like, I don't know if there's been, like, an hour and 30 minutes where your phone hasn't rang, text, emails haven't come through, where I personally just set aside that time to do that. I was like... My day was fantastic. Yeah. And I I, I saw what three fawns from the tree stand? <laughs> Whoopee, cool. Yeah, but like I, I was I was sitting, I was sitting there like this is awesome. Like yeah. I loved it. I loved it. But like maximize those days and that time in the tree, not just to hunt, but to slow down, put the phone away. And I think a lot of yeah. people do do that. But um man, it's a fantastic time to reflect and just take that chill breath and 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 move on with life but yeah we got a great cold front <coughs> temperature drop we're bundled up out here today it's you know i don't know i'd say less than 50 percent of the leaves are still on the tree based on what i saw yesterday um or right there around 50 percent yeah, yeah the oaks depends on what part of the forest you go but the oaks are still hanging on yeah a decent amount um the red or the black oaks and red oaks have lost quite a bit even yep. from when you and i hunted because i hunted the same stand with you it was a tuesday you and i hunted, hunted together tuesday and then chad and i hunted together saturday, saturday morning yeah and quite di- quite different. totally different yeah you could oh. see out in the hay field really well oh wow yeah. um yeah so definitely changing so it right. is the time where a lot it of is. us are going to start going okay you know my vacation time's coming up or you know i've i've lauded this couple days off with the wife and so we have a sitter and everything lined out whatever it is um and so yeah that's a kind of leading into today's podcast about the pre-rut and hunting the pre-rut and and kind of the what things we look for and and uh how to plan with it and how to be most successful yeah yeah so i I think it basically goes back we'll kind of start it off at at let's say numero uno of like how do you know when things are heating up like yeah. what what are the signs that you're looking for and kind of talked a little bit about them um one way to do that is through trail cameras but yeah. I'll say this and and be very specific on it well placed trail cameras if your camera's in the wrong locations you're not you're not going to be able to determine or make these observations or sightings um and infer of what's actually happening in the whitetail world behavior. Because if they're in the wrong areas, they're just flat out in the wrong areas. Like, no, totally. yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong. Deer, deer beginning or getting ready to start running around like chickens with their head cut off. But that doesn't mean that just because a camera's in the field doesn't mean it's the right place in the field. Like, Absolutely. That, like, one thing that I would say probably 80%, I would say yeah. right now probably 80%. How many cameras do you guys have out? Twenty twenty four. So yeah, something like that. There is six out on that property. Yeah. I don't. Seth well, has got. That's just cutting links. That's not yeah. counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, a lot of cameras. One of the things <coughs> you definitely know because this is the first time Chad and I have ever ran that many cameras that are like okay. So you typically, you know, in the past we had a dozen cameras, cutties, mix cutty bags. Yeah, no, just a mix. Oh, bag you, going back and prior, you go to, pull prior cards, to. Yeah, you go pull cards. And unless it was a real blatant or you got really into it, 
you didn't really notice the trends as much. Well, you're always behind the game, though, too. Yes. You, so you, like, you're always looking you at what happened and, already. Okay, let's go through this camera. Did, 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 okay, good buck on this date. All right, let's go through this camera. Did, 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 oh, there's a good buck on this date. Mm-hmm. And chances are probably not the same date. Yep. Every once in a while, you'll catch that. You know, in years past, oh, wow, we've great done that. Movement. We're like, whoa, the 29th, they were that moving morning, like well, crazy. Happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the Cuddy Link, or any kind of, you know, this is what I, this might be one of my favorite things about the Cuddy Link, minus the time that it saves us from going to check them. But yeah. you can definitely see when a night or a day has been peak activity. Oh, for sure. Because it's like I'm getting a lot of emails. There's several good bucks. And they're all moving at this time frame. Yeah. I'll give that day a thumbs up. But there's so many days where it's like, you know, I've been running cameras since I was 11. I'm pretty good at knowing where to put them. And it's like, you know, you put out a majority on the good spots. But then you have a few that are scouting where it's like, yeah. I don't really know about this area, but I'm going to stick Let one me. here because I want to see who's here if I'm missing something. It's like those cameras, even when they're getting triggered, it's like today's a great day. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I don't feel bad about time being limited is because the great days that we've had this far into the season, the good deer have not been moving on trail camera yeah. a whole lot. And they and that's not to say they weren't moving daylight, but in the areas that we could kill them, they weren't moving. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is like at this time of the year, trail cameras are used as a tool differently they're still observing things but it's not like a food resource like situation like you're trying to find deer coming to alfalfa or a food plot or a bean field september october like no that's that's not this you're doing that you're wasting or you're not utilizing the full potential of that trail camera 80 percent of the cameras that are in the field right now from yours and the ones that i've got out or on a scrape. Scrape in a and, bottleneck and it, or transition area. And it does not have to be one that was naturally opened up. Like no. the the property, the 160, had a fire to come came through like two years ago, I think, something like that. Two or three, yeah. Mid-story tree, like branches, they're... A wildfire. Uh, yeah. So there's like There was none. no controlling to it. So correct. So it killed correct. a lot of the... It's one of those fires that you kind of wish you could set every <laughs> 10 years yeah. on your own farm oh, yeah. to knock out the mid-story. Yeah. Like, it it um, knocked out the mid-story, and so a lot of the branches that would be utilized for scrapes are dead. Yeah. I mean, there's no leaves on them. There's nothing. A lot of them have now broken off and rotted off wind, ice, snow, whatever. They're just not there. So it's very unique. So... I found myself, one, early through October, not finding many natural scrapes. Well, kind of somewhat because of the limited, but two, because the deer weren't, the bucks weren't there. Yeah. So, anyhow. You can look at that two <coughs> ways, too. Not many scrapes, or when you do put up mock scrapes, mm-hmm. you're you're on a limited resource. Uh, uh, well, totally, totally. And so, a lot of the, and again, it, like, once you find a corridor... Slow them down with a scrape. Like add a limb. I don't care. I don't care if it's an oak limb. I don't care if it's a grapevine. Like that doesn't matter. Put a daggum limb up there. Rake out underneath of it. Slow them down. Let them investigate. Let them start to use it. But if it's on a travel corridor, you got to have one. Number one thing too, and my opinion is the bare ground. Oh, it's a like, visual. It's a scent thing. Would I rather Absolutely. have bare ground or a licking branch? I'd rather have the bare ground. There's branches uh, everywhere. Yeah. Right? I'd rather have the bare ground, and it doesn't matter if it's a foot across, two foot across. I would rather it be, you know, four foot Giant. across, a big bare spot. If you just went out in the woods and raked one out and any deer that passed by, he's probably going to stop by and just look at it. Yep. Sniff it. Yep. Um, S- slow so them down in, an, in that travel corridor to get either multiple pictures, a picture. Because that's the thing. When they start running right now, you get a lot of tails. On, on trail camera images, slow them puppies down. And the other thing, too, about the mock scrapes that I should mention is get the vegetation away. Yes. Like, you know, not to say a deer is not going to scrape with a licking branch hanging and a little sapling growing right next to it. They just won't utilize it as much. Yep. So if even if it's tall grass, if it's a sapling, if it's get vines, it down to get dirt. it knocked out. So get it to dirt and then clear out even three foot around yep. that so it's just a nice open area to where they can really get in and rake it up. Paw it out, do it, work them. Like so there has not been very many scrapes on that place that have been opened up, but guess what? Where 
getting pictures. There's a travel corridors, and there are scrapes that were not there that are then now created. So yeah. basically, taking branches, I've got zip ties on several of them, or just other branches, and bent them way, way down, broken mm-hmm. them, um, just to get them in a place that is visual. Hey, that looks like a scrape. There's bare ground. I'm gonna go check that out. Yep. Um, and then too, it's a place that they're going to come back and frequent most likely if, if other deer are utilizing them. Yeah. Um, especially, <laughs> especially does. I want to see a lot of doe activity. I think in, about in the in tree, that. the tree camera. Yeah. So we got yep. that spot we call the tree, um, that just historically great yeah. corridor. Great. It's, like, corridor. it's one thing to, to make a mock scrape and go, okay, hopefully, you know, you can always daydream and picture the buck walking down and hitting that scrape. But whenever a ch- camera starts getting pictures where, oh, here's a young buck. Here's another buck. Oh, here's yeah. a doe and a couple fawns. Then it's like, okay, now they're using it. I'm gonna, I'm set. It's naturalized, right? Now it's in it's in use. It's in function. Ruby this is Ridge part of it. is the one where it's like, oh, man. You, you talked about how you love that camera set. Yeah. It's right in front of the camera. It's a little black hole. It's, have you noticed how much? It's pulled out, like it's just, just destroyed. It's a big old bare ground spot because yeah. every night it seems like there's a different buck in there raking it up. And, and that was an area that three years ago was it was a ridge top that was a hundred percent like wooded like yeah. it was created this is not one that's been used and it doesn't like i love where the uh the community scripts are like oh historically this one's always there like that's great and a great place to put a camera but if you don't have that in an area you can create it like yeah. You can do that. So, um, that we, we step one on the food plot. That's a new food plot in closed canopy hardwoods. There's not a lot of scrape limbs. What other ones are there? We cut them. Yeah. yeah. So there's really an edge feathered. So mm-hmm. there's, there's yep. really a, uh, one scrape, good scrape on that <laughs> comes food into plot. The, yeah. And that's the one the camera's on. Yeah. Yeah. An isolated resource that's the that one is the monitored. Cows too. <laughs> there was a couple of cows there the other day. <sighs> That's uh, a whole other podcast, and I can assure you, coming in the future. <laughs> um, so, you got to have cameras there. That will then lead you to <laughs> determining what in the world deer are doing, right? If we're seeing peaks of activity, you've got to be able to read and, and know what's happening and, and when it's happening. So, yep. got to have the cameras in the right locations. It's not field edges. It's travel corridors, pinch points, bottlenecks, whatever you want to call yep. them. Close to bedding's great if you can get in there safely and securely, but you got to have the the scrape activity on that as well. So a lot of the pictures basically that that you'll see posted on Land Legacy's social media on Instagram or Facebook, you'll see scrape limbs or portions of scrape limbs hanging down with most of these pictures. Um, that's this is exactly what we're talking about. So now we've got kind of number one done and, and addressed of, okay, here's how we're first monitoring. I think going into field observation, getting like the pulse of deer activity, field observation. So yesterday you and you and Chad hunted, um, I hunted, and you guys saw small buck, Cruz, walk right. Did he work that scrape? Could you tell? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So I first laid eyes on him in the, in the big piney food plot. Um, oh, okay. He came from, he came from north, south. Gotcha. Exactly what you would hope. Yeah. You know, yeah. as we right expand the food plot in the future, it's like exactly what you would, what you would want. Okay. Perfect. He came out of the food plot. He went to the south end. He worked a scrape. So I, I caught movement, leaned over and looked, and he was sitting there working a scrape on the very south end under a cedar branch. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he comes right down the trail, do 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 pops out right in bow range, ten yeah. yards or. 15 yeah. yards. Yeah. And then he worked right past us, went down to the other scrape right in front of the trail camera. Worked it. Worked it. And yeah. then he sat there and kind of observed. Yeah. And then went right in, right in through the cut. Nice. Just kind of like you could see him, you'd see his back, and then he'd be gone. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he'd pop out tips, 10. ears, whatever. Yeah. Well, Perfect. he didn't have much for <laughs> antlers. You could see ear tops yeah. before. Yeah. He was like one of those where he's like, He's like an extended he's a button buck. He's a he's a late bloomer. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. Well, so you saw that, um, and I, and and that's one of those spots too where <clears throat> if 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 you were going to ask me like, okay, what do you do? Do you go to try to see a ton of deer and hope that one of them's receptive and um and and you know hope for the best, yeah. or do you go to a spot where if you see a deer, 
there's a good chance it's in range and it's close to bedding. So if you do see a deer and it's only one, it could be the one you're after. I'm going to take that one. Again, it goes back to efficiency at this time of the year. you got to be where you, where you need to be, and it's not all about seeing numbers, um, although that can't help, right? It's, it's just about being and seeing the one that you need to. And sometimes yeah. that means, hey, I'm going to sacrifice seeing 20 deer tonight on the food plot. I'm going to go hunt the corridor, and I'm going to see five or six. People talk a lot about, like, you know, you want to see deer. You want to talk about, I saw 14 deer. I saw 20 deer, whatever. It's fun. That's right? all great and fun. But every time you see a deer, there's a chance that if it's, it's not a target, sp- it can spook. see you, smell yes. you, hear you, spook. Yep. Without a doubt. And so it's like, yeah. Over so, time, I, I'll take my chances with seeing the one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to put myself in position to see the one. Yeah. Um, so we've got those observations. And you saw that buck work scrape perfect, like just like you would have drawn it up. Yep. I saw, well, heard, I texted you guys because you we were asking, hey, you guys see anything? No, no, no. And then all of a sudden, a little bit after eight, I heard two grunts. I was like, God, like that was definitive. Sometimes, you know, you hear stuff and you're like, was that a grunt? I don't know. Yeah. To me, it was like first one of the season, it was just clear as day. I was like, that gum, that right. wasn't grunt. Yeah. Right. Just like that. Yeah. And I was like, wait, you mean Bo, it wasn't? <laughs> just went on providing it now and like that like the grunt calls. Yep. so <laughs> grabbed <laughs> the oh, <laughs> camera hit record i was like all right it's gonna happen what's happening like come on show yourself nothing nothing i'm like daggum five minutes after that i see a deer come from that direction kind of doing the little trot moving quickly looking back and i'm like it's it, okay this is what this is it here we go grab the same stuff like, that, God, that deer's small but it's looking back it's looking back who knows here comes another deer and it's a button buck and a doe fawn i'm like son of a gun they're out like 50 yards in between trees so i couldn't quite get a great judge on them i'm like that gun they're kind of small son of a gun i don't maybe hmm you know what's interesting it's a fawn. They're two fawns, right? Like, yep. what does this mean? So, like, here's the observation. Here, here's what this what this means. When when mom is getting chased and mom is becoming receptive again, they get the boot. Yeah. And so they're obviously at a stage where boot, they're or she just flat out leaves them. Yeah. They're at a stage where they're totally fine by themselves, but they're meandering, come feed on acorns, coming to the food plot. Um, feed around on the food plot for 20, 25 minutes, and they're just doing their own thing. But, like, that doesn't happen October 5th. That doesn't ha- happen October 10th or, or in September. Like, that happens closer to the end of October where, hey, we're seeing this is another sign of deer behavior that things are changing, things are ramping up. Sit there for another hour. They filter back in, and I look, I'm like, oh, there's another deer coming, comes right out where those kind of went to go feed on acorns. And um, look through the binos, another freaking button buck. Yeah. Wow, okay. So here's another fawn that's been kicked out. It's all by itself. It's all by its lonesome. They go pal around, say hey, and go feed off. I'm like, huh, that's an interesting field observation of we're here now at the time. And again, it's late October. It's 20, it was a yeah. 20. There's, there's there's a 24th. Yeah, absolutely. We know that in the bell curve shape, right? There's some does that are receptive. I'm heard a grunt. Maybe there's some chase. I didn't see it, but yeah. it was probably, could have been, very easily happened. Go back to that same food plot today, this morning. Yeah. It was two different bucks. So yeah. the one the one mature buck, the other one, I don't know if it's a half rack or what, but I, don't, I can only see one side really clearly. Um, but a decent a decent deer maybe three and a half year old right there same time yeah. um 24 hours later just doing their thing but it's like man alive um that observation with trail cameras again leading into we're really hitting pre-rut activity that tells us we need to get in a tree yeah close but like yeah. as we look into this w- week's weather we've got cool temperatures then it warms up probably to a little bit like i would say average later in the week nothing crazy 40s and low 60s or 60 as a high we're almost november (coughs) so that's average yeah that's average but like early like today it's 44 maybe tomorrow is 40 the next day is 40 let's rain it's like how, how do you how do you take that information let's say you're having those observations on the on trail cameras 
or in the field, how do you take that down and say, when do I get aggressive? When do I hunt? And quite frankly, where do I hunt during this pre-rut stage? Yeah. And for us, one, obviously it's a factor of time, right? When you can get away. Mm-hmm. But if you're cherry picking days, I I don't like a stale temperature day. Like, no. I want to see a low and I want to see a high. If you're looking at a line <coughs> graph and the line is pretty well flat, flat, yeah. yeah. And, I, I, and that line graph is temperatures. Correct. Or if it's small zigzags, and those zigzags, the peak is sixty, and the and the bottom is is forty, and it's going up, down, up, down, up, down, and each one of those up, down is day to night. Yep. And it's not changing. And it's overall. identical. Yeah. Like like basically a Thursday, Friday, Saturday is both sixty two and forty one on the low every yeah. single day, give or take. I, I'm not I'm not that excited about those types of days weather wise but as we get closer to november sometimes weather is not as much of a factor as just reading that behavior and temperature of what's happening on your property because you look at the state of georgia if you're in south georgia middle georgia north georgia gross the rut the, is the just heat. yeah well uh, yeah. the the rut date wise is completely different we're yeah. talking we're talking over the month span you could you could see pre rut um early in one area and then, and then you're already in deep into late rut in another area so like yeah. it this is property specific based on the herd based on when some does are coming into estrus and you just got to make those decisions and go with it but I want to see those temperature swings, and I want to see, yeah. like, regardless when I'm hunting, period, like, seven miles an hour and above, like, wind-wise. Yeah. It just, it. I don't know how much of a factor necessarily in deer movement it has. I think it increases some. But for me, it's just a matter of scent. It's just a matter of, hey, I can get to that area. I can rely on a 10-mile-an-hour wind being pretty steady Rather than a three or a four, at some point a three and a four, it's going to die, yeah. or it's going to stop, or it's going to be swirl. Yeah, like I don't want to mess with that. Combining all that, but at the end of the day, going back to that trail camera observation, what it was, it was Friday, so the day before hunted, had two options wind wind wise to hunt for Saturday morning. Both, again, had seen some daylight activity. But being October 24th, elected to stay further out of the game. Yeah. Like, it's still not time yeah. to push all the way in. Like well, it, One thing that you said that kind of made me, <coughs> okay, yeah, that's another sign of not only just immaturity, but just where we're at in the season of when you see the button buck or you see a doe fawn who's getting nudged. And you're like, I don't even need to know. I don't even need to see the deer because I know it's an immature buck. Every every single year, like you you can you can observe mature bucks kind of sparring, yeah. but from late September all the way through October, if something's sparring, I guarantee it's probably yearlings, two and a half, and maybe three and a half year olds in a field that are just sparring. Their activity level and their excitement level is always, let's say, premature, right? Yeah. So like. Even during the chasing and the running, like that buck grunting, just because I heard grunting does not mean that it's a mature deer. Yeah. It could very easily have been this young joker who's spry, feeling like he's getting lucky, and just running around yeah. being dumb. Yeah. It's it, it, you still see that a lot, early. even on trail cameras. So trail yeah. cameras, you know, you're going to see a doe who's flashing by or mm-hmm. a fawn flashing by or even a doe with a fawn or oh. with two fawns. And you're like, I know that doe's not receptive. Yeah. And all of a sudden she, like, flashes by and you're like, there's ah. Six-pointer. There's a six-pointer, <laughs> a forky. Yeah. Or a yeah. spike. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you'll see, and we did an Instagram video about this, or I did, where you can see scraping activity pick up, daylight activity picking up, and it's mm-hmm. all young bucks. And mm-hmm. it's like, and there's your hit lister at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yep. It's not quite there. Well, like like you guys. But that that's where I key in on of, of the pre-rut of going, okay, it's not quite there. It's not quite there. It's not quite there. But, oh, Friday, the... Barometric pressure is 31 mm-hmm. or 32, and it's 20 degrees colder than it was the day before. He's in that area. If I'm there's a day he's going to walk in it. daylight, that's the day. I'm going Honey, to Honey, Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you, you have to, like, 
That's what Don't donuts was it. last year. Oh, yeah. October 12th, huge cold front, yep. barometric pressure through the roof. Had a picture of him the day before. Same food plot. You know, he was daylight yesterday. There's a very good chance he's daylight today. Yep. And then I uh, screwed the pooch and, <laughs> and I, and I uh, missed, him. <laughs> missed him. Missed him. Yeah. But, yeah, like – and 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 what you guys are seeing, let's say in the comparison, there's a lot of young bucks that are Tons. that are daylighting. We're seeing them all the and time. Just this week, Scraping. three and a half year olds yep. are really picking it up. Okay, yep. what's next? We're the four seeing, and a half. We're year seeing olds. the trend. Um, and and we had the one. You know, I just checked the camera. Seven thirty in the morning. The uh, short. How do you even dis- how do you even uh, subscri- uh, describe this deer? Um, he's He's high main beam, and you're yeah. starting up that old skid steer that's sitting yeah. there for 10 years, our yeah. neighbor. So we're going to wrap this podcast up at some point soon anyway. But um, he's he's got high main beam, short tines, no brows. Yeah. He's the genetic. Yeah. Loser. Loser. <laughs> yeah. 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 And but. so he was at 730, and he's a mature deer. So it's like, ah, oh, the one mature deer that we're after <laughs> – yeah. I say that sarcastically. We do have a mature deer that's now moving. At se- he moved two mornings in a row at 730. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, yeah, mornings. You know, this, we don't hunt mornings early season. This is now when we start so, hunting mornings. Yeah. And are, are the main one we're after, still not moving a whole lot in the morning yeah. and in daylight. But when we get the cold front, probably this week, yeah. we'll probably get pictures of him doing it. For sure. And and, and that's, the, that's the important thing of it all is to look back and say, okay, you, that farm where you guys are surveying here, you guys are seeing different things than than what the one sixties revealing. Yep. Like our so, farm's not ready yet. Your yeah, farm's it, getting ready to rock. And so, like, I may be a little bit more aggressive than what you guys are this yeah. week, but that's because that's what the the data that that's what it, the the deer are revealing. And so, yep. I'm gonna I'm not gonna rely on you know what you're seeing on your show cameras on your property. I'm yep. going with what's on this one. What these deer are doing. And make my decisions there, but and we could do the still. same thing about observations without trail cameras. Oh you, sure, you sure. You were in a tree stand and you saw fawns by themselves. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. And, and heard and heard a grunt off in the and distance. Heard a grunt. Okay, right. Yeah, maybe that's you know <laughs> when fawns are by themselves. I'm either really close to bedding and Mama's just laying over there. Yeah. And the fawns They're are out wandering, doing what fawns do. <clears throat> or, you know, I'm not close to bedding. I'm in a food plot. Eh, you know, Mama's probably gone, mm-hmm. and they're like. Well, let's go to the food plot. Yeah. I don't what, know what about do? danger. Yeah. And that, that clover sounding for, really for good Chad right now. and I, it's like, okay, um, there's there's not as much scraping activity on the food plots, but we're starting to see the logging roads mm-hmm. and the pinch points getting scrapes. It's starting to get there, but scraping activity happens before a lot of chasing activity oh, happens. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so maybe we're still – we might be a week behind you just on observation. Right, right. And so, yeah, and, and again, you know, that's one day. How many hours? We were in the stand for three hours, four hours that day. A and piece. we put that together. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, but we have to be critical of what it is we're seeing, observing, to know then what's the next move. Because that's the, that's the decision as we're looking at the weather. We're looking ahead. We're always saying, where should I be? Where should I not be? Yeah. Where can I get aggressive? Should I even get aggressive? For so for you guys this week, it's, not, pro- even. it's not probably nearly as as important to push yeah. in. But I may find myself if the wind cooperates, which I don't think it's going to. But I may push in just another hundred yards deeper into a great travel corridor that's revealed some daylight activity. Yeah. But only if the wind and the weather and everything else falls in, into into um, play. But like, you have to be observant. Of what's happening on your location, because for us, what the farms are thirty minutes apart, thirty-five minutes apart, something like that. So I not that like far. Not it's that kind far. of a lot like if you watch a predator, like a let's just say a a, 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 a coyote. Yeah. What do they do? You'll see them set and observe for a while, yeah. and then it's like, or let's just say uh, you've seen all the videos on social media probably of lions in Africa and wildebeest are running by, and they're just, like, observing, 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 observing. And then, like, one gets a little closer, and they're like, I'll, yeah. move, I'll inch forward a little yeah. further, and then all of a sudden, then they pounce. And we're doing yeah. the same thing. It's well, like, like a large observing, mouth, right? Observing, what? Like a large mouth. Like, sometimes yeah. you, you have to put the bait on the nose, right? Yeah. And 
then they're going to bite. Just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then it's like, okay, a lot of things tell us, a lot of things can tell us when the time is right. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. trail cameras. Trail cameras are starting to blow up. We got daylight pictures of a mature deer. Yep. Uh, the next thing is scrapes are cooling down a little bit, and we're starting to see a lot of chasing. Okay, it's time to get aggressive. And the other big one is the calendar. Well, go back to that real quick. Because you talked about scrapes fading off, but travel or like uh, chasing increasing, right? Yeah. If your trail cameras, this is the factor that really want to hit home about the cameras. If your cameras are on scrapes in travel corridors, you see that. But your camera then is always hot. Yep. Because if you're seeing them, okay, maybe they're not hitting that scrape, but they're still utilizing the <laughs> corridor and they're picking up speed. Well, that means we're chasing now. But if they're coming and checking that camera repeatedly, really spending five minutes there working in it, then they're just scraping activity. But that camera is still relevant from late October all the way through November in those areas. So you've got to have yeah. it placed appropriately. So that's a big all those wrap up, up. Pre, yeah. pre-rut to, to what it is that we're Observing, use, utilizing to make stand um, in the field decisions about where to hunt. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm pumped if for you guys, this week. If you guys kill something this week or you're going out, man, interact with us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check out the ch- check out the YouTube channel. Lots of videos. A couple kill videos on there already from this season. Yep. So, hopefully we'll be adding a couple more too. And want to drop a reminder to everybody about consulting services. If you guys are wanting, considering 2021 trips, please email in quickly. Um, Calendar is filling up uh, pretty rapidly. Trips to Oklahoma, Texas, Mississippi, Ohio, the East Coast, um, all over Missouri, Indiana. And we're, if, if you're interested, contacts because it, it we're going to need to schedule some dates here um well in advance so i appreciate everyone listening this week yeah. and uh man it's fun it's getting it's getting to be go time so hopefully everyone's out there safe and enjoys their hunt yeah.